Welcome in to another episode of the Money Call Podcast. I'm Samuel Bigelow, here with Gabby Mozipo. It's Halloween. Uh, it's a Tuesday, obviously October 31st, if it's Halloween. Um, and it's week nine of the NFL season. And uh, like I said, we're back with another episode of our Money Call Podcast, uh, updating you guys on everything you need to know uh, to place your bets and a little bit of fantasy football knowledge uh, sprinkled in there and just some good football conversations. So, uh, thanks for joining us if you're listening. And Gabby, thanks for joining me today. How you doing? How's your Halloween treating you? It's doing pretty well, Sam. I'm excited to talk about football on this spooky holiday. Fun fact, this is my favorite holiday of the year. When I was a kid, I used to love dressing up in my favorite costumes, love the candy, and love going outside and just hanging out with friends. So um brings back a lot of good memories. Hell yeah. Uh what's uh what's a favorite costume? My favorite costume of all time is probably Batman, but my most creative one was I went as the IRS one year and uh got a lot of laughs. How old were you? I was like that was that like nine. recent? Nine? No, I was I was like nine, yeah. Hell yeah, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite uh, my favorite definitely was uh, I was a Ninja Turtle, Raphael specifically. Uh, so yeah, yeah. that was my favorite. But yeah, anyways, back to football this year. Uh, Gabby is pretending to be uh, a winner, you know, because he beat me in our uh, in our head to head and our picks against the spread. But we all know I'm going to be the winner here. Uh, so let's just pretend just for Halloween. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding, Gabby. But uh, Gabby did beat me this week in our picks against the spread. And before I get into it, I should say, uh, run a show going to be the same as usual. Picking every game against the spread, going to tell you our best bets and then survivor picks. Personally, I think that's going to be super interesting this uh, this time around because I think they're pretty tough. But anyways, uh, back to our picks against the spread. Last week, like I said, Gabby beat me. Gabby gets uh, nine right and seven wrong in picks against the spread. So gets the winning record there, barely. I... Uh, hold tight at eight and eight, getting five hundred there. Uh, so not a winning or losing week for me. So Gabby gains a little bit of ground on me. We're both winning against the spread overall. Uh, this year, Gabby hitting at about fifty one percent, me at about fifty five percent. Um, I'm up by on Gabby by four games. So uh, he could come back at any week. So uh, I'm gonna say you got lucky this week, Gabby, uh, and I'll be making a comeback this week. I don't think so, Sam. I'm, <laughs> I'm. We're finally getting back on track. We're seeing the board clearly. And first half of the year, we just didn't know what was going on in front of us. But now we're locked in, and we have we have the keys to it all. So we're going to turn our record back to positive, back to over five hundred. And the second half of the year is going to be our year in all facets. Yeah, uh, well, I will say I hope that happens for you. I mean, my ideal situation is that I get all 14 right this week and you go 13 and one. So uh, that would be my ideal situation. So we could both have great weeks, but uh, obviously probably not going to happen for either of us. But anyways, um, yeah, let's jump right into it. Let's get into uh, our Thursday uh, game. Will Levis looked like a player. Last week, uh, we're going to be talking about Tennessee coming into Pittsburgh, of course. Uh, Tennessee, two and a half point underdogs. Will Levis starting, Mitch Trubisky, I believe, starting uh, for the Steelers. I don't know, Gabby. Do you know the answer to that? If it's Mitch Trubisky or um, Kenny Pickett? It would be Kenny Pickett. Um, okay. Yeah, he will be playing. So he's back and ready to Ready to go. So I, with that news, I'm going to go with the Steelers. Either or, I was going to go with the Steelers. Um, Will Lovis, yes, he looked good in his debut, but I'm not believing that for a second go around. DeAndre Hopkins seemed to be a big part of that with the three-touchdown performance. The Steelers, they look like a competent offense. Najee Harris is not great, but he's okay at running back. Deontay Johnson is back, so they have their chain mover and George Pickens is being phased out of the offense, but he was still able to show his explosiveness explosiveness with that one touchdown. So 
I am going to go with the Steelers minus two and a half. I'm totally with you. It wasn't going to matter for me either which quarterback was starting for the Steelers. I don't care if Will Levis is the second coming of Peyton Manning, to be honest. Mike Tomlin, uh, he's going to feast on rookie quarterbacks. I don't care who it is. Like I said, don't care if it's the second coming of Peyton Manning. Mike Tomlin against a rookie quarterback on a Thursday, prime time, that defense the Steelers have, that's just the perfect opportunity for them. The over-under is 36 right now, um, 36 and a half, excuse me. That is just, it's going to be low scoring. Perfect game for the Steelers. I, I Unless Will Levis really just has an absolutely incredible game. And, you know, Mike Vrabel is a great coach. You can't ever put it past him. But I just think on a Thursday with a rookie quarterback against Mike Tomlin, they're not going to be able to get it done. And I think the Steelers cover that two and a half. So uh, for me, also going Steelers there. Um, yeah, so we're in agreement on the first one. Moving on to our games on Sunday, we got a game in Berlin, I believe, Gabby. You just told me, and uh, I am now second-guessing myself. So if that's not the case, you can jump in and correct me, but we're going to say Berlin. Um, Miami taking on Kansas City. Kansas City, of course, um, is the technical home team, but it's going to be overseas. This one's at 6.30 in the morning, Pacific time, if you're on the West Coast. Um, So make sure you check your lineups Saturday or get up really early and check them Sunday. But anyways, for fantasy lineups, that is. But anyways, Miami is two and a half point underdogs. For me, this one's this one's tough. I'm going to go with Miami here, and I'm not going to say I feel super confident about it, but uh, my reason being is I just I think Miami is a legit uh, contender for the Super Bowl this year, and I, I would put Kansas City above them in those rankings, of, of course, if I was to be making them right now. But Miami, I th- with the points, in Berlin, I mean, overseas, I think I think it's just – and with uh, Patrick Mahomes coming off a game where he was sick, obviously not feeling well, and then having to go all the way to Europe, I just don't think that's a game that's set up for the Chiefs to win. I think it was going to be close anyways. And so just with those few things, I'm putting Miami over Kansas City. Now, if it was Kansas City at home, I would almost assuredly be going the other way. But it's not. And with all those things I just said, it is so close, but just a slight edge to the Dolphins. Um, but that's definitely a tough one. What do you think about it, Gabby? I'm going to have to agree with you there and go with the in Germany. Just the fact that the Chiefs are such performance and – the Dolphins have finally cast their groove with the defensive play here. I'm going to have to be on the Dolphins' side. They've just been rolling here offensively. Uh, Tyreek Hill is going to be in the revenge game versus the Chiefs. I'm liking what the Dolphins have continuously done. And on the Chiefs' side of things, they look like the wide receivers are regressing here a little bit. And until they find their groove, it's going to be hard to back them here in this spot. Okay, I was actually – I was – you would have made me guess I would have bet that you were going to be on Kansas City, so I'm a little surprised that we're in agreement there. It always feels like in those close ones that we're on opposite sides. So, interesting, interesting agreement. I like that. Makes me feel better about it for sure. Uh, moving on to the 10 o'clock window, if you're on the west side uh, of the country. Uh, Seattle going into Baltimore uh, is six-point underdogs now. It was five-and-a-half when I saw it earlier. Um, so it's, it's grown a little bit in a uh, differential here. Um, for me, I will say that I sometimes have a little bit of trouble putting my finger on just how good I think the Seahawks are, uh, being a Seahawks fan. I can certainly catch myself being biased, but I do think they're, they're a team that's just outside of being a contender. Um, and I think that the Ravens are firmly in the contender conversation, um, firmly in the top contender conversation as one of the top teams in the AFC and in the NFL overall. Uh, So they're a tier or two ahead of Seattle for me at home. And I just think that Seattle is more mistake prone than Baltimore. So uh, for me, I'm going to be going with Baltimore here. This is going to be a really good game to watch. um, I think 
And I, I just think Baltimore gets it done, wins by a touchdown or more. Uh, but I think it's more competitive than that throughout most of the game. But I think Baltimore just kind of slowly pulls away at home. Uh, but Gabby, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I'm going to have to differ with you here. I'm on the Seahawks here, plus six and a half. I like the Seahawks in this spot, just given the fact that the Ravens, they, they have been probably the best team in the AFC this year, top to bottom. But they look like they're going to – they look like they're beatable. The Arizona Cardinals were able to move the ball against them last week. And if a couple plays went their way, they could have won that game. And the Seahawks, <clears throat> they've been a sneaky, really good team this year in the NFC, losing to really good teams in the Lions. I really like what they're able to do. They're able to at trade deadline get Leonard Williams and sign Frank Clark. So they're able to solidify their one need, which is defensive pass rush. And outside of that, their team is pretty loaded. So give me the Seahawks plus six and a half. And I will say, Gabby, our line is six. Six. Oh, well, I'm still taking. That changes your mind. I just want to make that clear. Okay, six. I just want to make sure. Didn't want to have any disagreement there. But yeah, I got them uh, earlier at five and a half. You know, it seems like you got them at six and a half. DraftKings right now says six, so we'll go with that for now. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I do just want to disagree a little bit about the game script. Uh, or how the game went last week against the Cardinals. Um, definitely closer than you would have hoped against the Cardinals. I, I'll agree with that. But uh, Cardinals get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, bring it closer, including the last one of the game uh, with a minute and 14 seconds left. And then if you'll recall, they got uh, an onside kick recovered, which, I mean, you can't we can't really rely on that. So they got 10 points at the end to bring it to 31-24. So, um, yeah, to be honest, and uh, and actually, yeah, they failed the two points. So, yeah, they actually got um, an extra nine points there. Um, so they, they would have been it, it more reflective of how the game actually went is the 31-15 to 15 score, per, uh, in my opinion. But they did those, those, past, those last two points. And, I mean, so you got to give them that credit, but – uh, the Cardinals, that is, but I just I don't think it was quite as close as maybe uh, the final score uh, kind of makes it seem there. Uh, so I have obviously more confidence in Baltimore, uh, but we will see uh, this week for sure. Um, I do like this matchup for fantasy, though. I think that it's going to be a game where the, the Ravens kind of have to score. Last week was a little bit more on the ground, ground and pound. Gus Edwards, obviously a great game, but the other other weapons you have in Baltimore – didn't do a lot, including Lamar Jackson, who had about, I think, 11 points in fantasy. So I think this is a better week for Baltimore fantasy-wise as well. Um, but, yeah, beat a dead horse, uh, so to speak, in that game. Uh, don't want to go too much on it. But, uh, yeah, moving on to our next game, we got the Cardinals team we just talked about a little bit, uh, taking on Cleveland in a game that has a, a little bit of a bigger spread than I actually would have guessed. The Cardinals are eight-point underdogs in this one. Uh, this one I think is really interesting. As many people will know, um, Josh Dobbs got traded to the Vikings earlier today. Um, so it'll be Clayton Toon, I believe, is the starter. We don't know yet if we'll see uh, Kyler or not. He could, I think, theoretically be the starter for this game. But I do believe uh, that the Cardinals have announced Clayton Toon will be uh, the starter this week. Um, but, you know, Gannon has played some weird games with what he's telling the media about who his starter is earlier in the season. So... You don't, I don't know. He may be doing that again, but I do think we'll see Clayton Toon, which not good news for the Cardinals. The Cleveland Browns on the other side have also played some interesting games. Talking about it may not be P.J. Walker, maybe um, DTR, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, he looked horrible in his first game, although he looked great in the preseason, so maybe it was a one-off, but that could be interesting. Um, probably not going to be Deshaun, it sounds like. Uh, but eight points seems like a lot in a game that's 37 and a half point over under uh, for me. I don't see any way that Arizona wins the game, just how good Cleveland's defense is. And they're going to be at home, but with the whole weird stuff going on at quarterback, 
I do think neither team dominates. And so eight points being a pretty sizable margin, I'll be taking Arizona. Um, but it's one where I'm threading the threading the needle where I'm saying the team I'm picking is not going to win, uh, but I'm taking the points and I think they cover. So, uh, yeah. Gabby, what do you think about this one? I'm here with Arizona, too. I'm not really sure about if they're going to be able to win this game, but two poor quarterbacks with this big of a spread, I'm going to have to go with the Cardinals here. Yes, Cleveland has a really good defense, but minus eight, that's two scores. So I'm not, I don't know if that's going to be, I think the Cardinals are going to be able to do a little better than that and keep the game closer. So I'm going to be on the Cardinal side here. Perfect. Another agreement there. Um, Great. Moving on to our next one. We got Chicago coming into New Orleans. Another sizable spread here. Chicago is seven and a half point underdogs on the road. Another game with Tyson Bajan as the quarterback. I don't know, Gabby, this one I think is kind of a similar story to the previous one. I think it's going to be low scoring. I don't think the Saints offense does as good as they did last week. I think the Bears defense is kind of starting to uh, figure it out. And I think the Saints are going to be inconsistent all year, and they had a good game last week, so I think it's time for a downturn. And I certainly think they win. So, again, thread the needle, but I'm going to say Chicago covers uh, the 7.5 points. What do you think? I'm going to be on the opposite side here. I think the Saints are going to do really good things here this week. I think the defense is going to be able to smother Tyson Bates, and he's going to finally have the poor game that they've been waiting for. He has been solid the first two weeks, but he hasn't been anything special, and I think the Saints are going to be able to force mistakes out of him. And Derek Carr, yes, it hasn't been efficient, but he's been able to find the open person even if it's just Alvin Kamara on every play. Rashid Shahid also had quite a good game last week versus the Indianapolis Colts. And I think they're going to be able to replicate that opportunity clicking. So give me the Saints minus points. Well, there you go. We got our second disagreement there. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back to continue with our picks against the spread. All right, welcome back into the Money Call podcast. We are continuing on here with our picks against the spread. Uh, next game we got on the docket here, which we got Minnesota coming into Atlanta. Minnesota, of course, just having lost Kirk Cousins. Four and a half point underdogs. Honestly, I'm a little surprised it's not more, but Atlanta losing to Tennessee last week. Um, maybe that's part of why they are not as big a favorites as I might have expected on the at home. Uh, but also, this is probably going to be a low-scoring go- game anyway, so that's going to have something to do with it also. 37.5 over under. Um, so, yeah, definitely going to be probably low-scoring, or at least Vegas thinks so. Uh, but for me, I just don't – Minnesota's going to have to prove it to me before I give them any sort of credit to be able to keep it close. And I think Atlanta is a playoff team uh, in the when it's all said and done here at the end of the year. So – um, this is the kind of game a playoff team wins. So uh, give me Atlanta uh, minus four and a half this week. What do you think, Gabby? Yeah, I'm going to have to. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm going to have to be on the other side there with the Vikings at plus four and a half. I like them coming back. Here with the backup with Josh Dobbs in a good spot. The offense, the defense has been playing really well. And I think they're going to lean on the running game more than they were with previously. And <clears throat> Josh Dobbs proved that he can be a confident quarterback and he has shown the ability to target the tight end as Zach Ertz and Trey McBride were viable options at the tight end spot. So I think TJ Hawkinson is going to still be able to be productive from that role. And Jordan Addison has had a couple games in a row where he's been pretty dominant. So give me the Vikings plus four and a half. 
do do we think it's uh do you know who the quarterback is to start this week? I forget. It's something something Allen, is that correct? Do you know? Um uh, it's okay. gonna be it's either gonna be the rookie or it's either gonna be Josh Dobbs or the rookie quarterback whose name is Jaron Hall. Hall. Yeah. Um I don't think we see Josh Dobbs this week. I mean, it wouldn't be shocking. Uh, but personally, I think we see Jaron Hall. Um, I don't know if you disagree with that, but a week could be pretty quick. It'd be Baker Mayfield um, with the Rams-esque. So I don't know if we see that happening uh, or if I see that happening, but um, obviously moving forward, it's going to be Dobbs. Um, but um, I think this week, or Dobbs, actually, it might not be Dobbs. It could be Mullins, uh, but I think it'll be Dobbs. Um you don't really trade for a guy if you don't really want to play him, I feel like. But anyways, um, yeah, I think it's going to be Jaron Hall this week, which even more so makes me feel better about my side. Um, but, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on that game, Gabby? No. All righty. Um, moving on to our next game here. We got Tampa Bay coming into Houston. And actually, I'm a little surprised by um, who's favored and who's uh, the underdog in this one. Tampa Bay is two and a half point underdogs. And I, I mean, I guess it makes sense with them being on the road here, but um, I love Tampa Bay in this matchup. I think Tampa Bay is a way better team than we've seen this year or than we expected this year. And that's kind of the same for Houston, of course. But I think Houston, you know, I honestly just don't think they have it quite all put together to be consistent. And Tampa Bay's got a top-level defense, and Baker Mayfield is way better than people give him credit for. And he has some really great weapons with Godwin and Evans. So I, I just don't really understand how Tampa Bay is not the favorite team in this game. Um, so give me them with the points. And I love the money line here, too. Um, Houston could definitely beat anybody on any given week. I mean, they're that kind of team, but they're not consistent yet. And they can definitely be beat. And they didn't get it done against Carolina, who I think is bad. I'm very, very confident in that. Um, and Tampa Bay is a much better team than that. And Tampa Bay, I think, just gets it done here on the road. But what do you think, Gabby? I'm going to have to agree with you here. Tampa Bay is a very good team. Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than CJ Stroud right now, flat out. So I'm going to have to roll with the Baker, better quarterback when he's – the underdog here. The Bucks have wide receivers too that are going to be able to expose these young corners on the outside. And the defense has been pretty solid as of late. So give me the Bucks. Oh, uh, yeah. All righty. Um, first agreement in a couple there. Uh, next game we got here is the Rams coming into Green Bay. The Rams obviously just lost, lost uh, Matthew Stafford. So that's that's a blow for sure. Um, the Rams are three point underdogs, which I this is another one that I'm just a little bit surprised by the line. Um, which you know, me being surprised by so many of the lines here today, uh, this week is just going to be. I'm either where he should dominate, or we are, uh, or I'm totally got my finger way off the pulse here. But uh, the Rams plus three in Green Bay in Wisconsin. I mean. The Packers haven't played good, but at least they got their starting quarterback um, and they have been able to continue to work to get better. I mean, the Rams, they just got markedly worse this week by losing Matthew Stafford. So I, I don't really see how they uh, they can compete. They're a team that is really young and inconsistent um, in a lot of ways, and that inconsistency was masked by Matthew Stafford and him not being there, losing his experience and his talent is going to be, I think, too much to overcome, and I don't think they keep it all that close. I think this is the game that, uh, makes us think that the Packers might be bouncing back. Um, but I think it's just because the Rams are going to – I think they're going to be bad this week. So um, I won't be putting a lot of stock into it, even if the Packers do go out there and dominate. Um, but I do think they play well and win. Um, yeah, so I'll be taking Green Bay minus three. What do you think, Gabby? I'm going to be here in agreement with you. Brent Ripien, and there's no way I'm going to bet on him as less than a – field goal or a field goal underdog. So I think he should be a touchdown underdog at home uh, on the road. So I'm going to be here with the Packers, even though Jordan Love hasn't looked 
all that good. I think he's better than what Brett Ripien is going to do. And I think the Packers know what they want to be, which is a team that's going to be a short passing team, keep the game low scoring. And the Rams aren't going to be able to score enough points to break the mold. So give me the Packers. Hell yeah. All right. Moving on to our last game in the early window. And this game is the one that I, I think I feel uh, the least confident in picking. Uh, so I'll let you lead us off, Gabby. But we got Washington coming into New England as three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, big sellers today, uh, losing Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Uh, but, I mean, New England obviously hasn't been a good team. So, Gabby, uh, what are you thinking about this one? How is this one going to play out? Yeah, here I'm going to be with the the Commanders plus three-and-a-half. The Patriots? Offenses look pretty solid the last couple of weeks with the addition of Demario Dave Douglas into the offense. A nice little spark for them. And Kent, but Kendrick Bourne out, is out for the year with a torn ACL. He was their wide receiver one. And the commanders just threw ourselves on the defensive line, but that defensive line hasn't been underachieving for the last couple of years, not generating the pressure that you thought it would with how much draft capital they, capital they had put into it. They are able to keep their two studs in the interior and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. So I think they're going to still be able to actually generate a good amount of pass rush or at least as much as they were previously. And that often seems to be humming with Sam Howe. When if you're able to protect them, protect uh, Sam Howe, he can sling the rock with wide receivers. And the offensive line was able to hold up last week versus the Eagles. And I don't think Matt Judon is playing. So... Outside of that, the Patriots don't have too much pass rush, so I like the Commanders here plus three and a half. I'm going to be on the opposite side uh, this week, um, purely from a, a human standpoint. Um, normally, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, uh, they give me a lot of confidence, um, just being with their obviously with their track record um, in in New England as well. Uh, this game is a home game for them. Um, that is even more so in their favor, but it's just this year has not been the case. Um, they have not been good. Uh, Washington has been kind of the most inconsistent team there is, though, on the other side. So there's obviously not a lot of confidence there. And so, free me, it just comes down to the fact that Washington did trade away a couple of their uh, what players that were once thought of as like key pillars of their team moving forward, um, building key building blocks. Um, it, it just is a clear uh, signal to the team, the other players that are remaining on the squad, uh, that they're not going to be trying to win anything this year, that they're giving up on the season for the most part. Um, it's just a Sam Howell development year. Um, not saying they'll stop playing hard the rest of the season, but um, I think it's tough to uh, get that out of your mind. Uh, this week, I think that's a demoralizing for the team. And I think if this game was last week, I think I'd be on Washington, but because it's just coming off these two uh, big transactions. I'm uh, I'm going to be going with New England here, uh, minus three and a half. But like I said, this is the closest one that that I've felt like we've had this week, and and it, it's a tough one for sure. And I I could definitely see it going either way. Uh, next game we got the first game of the afternoon window. We got Indianapolis coming into Carolina. Indianapolis as two and a half point favorites, which. I definitely think is another one that could have been bigger, to be honest. But Carolina coming off a win, so that's probably why. But Indianapolis is two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, Gabby, what do you think about this one? I'm going to have to go with Indianapolis here. The offense is still humming. of scoring over 20 points in every game this year. I don't see how the Panthers are going to get be able to keep up with that. Revenge game for Frank Reich. But two and a half is just not enough of a spread. And the Colts have been losing games as of recently. So I think Vegas is under a cheat, uh, underrating them. But the Colts have been able to put up points. And I don't think the Panthers have that firepower. So give me the Colts and the points. I completely agree. I'll be on the Colts as well. Gardner Minshew is super underrated. The Panthers are, I think, just being boosted by their win last week, like I said. But the Colts are a real, like, they're actually a pretty solid team this year with Gardner Minshew. I think the fact that he is their backup is giving people pause. 
But obviously, I mean, he can be a starter on a lot of teams. He's better than Josh Dobbs. He, he's definitely uh, somebody who's not getting enough credit around the NFL, even with his being as, po- as popular as he is. Indianapolis is a really solid team. They've been able to compete with anybody they've played and beat a lot of tough teams. Carolina is not a tough team. Indianapolis, I think, will win this game. I don't actually think it's going to be that close. So uh, Indianapolis for both of us in this one, I think it's a good win for uh, for them. And and, and uh, Frank Wright does not, his, not get his revenge, in my opinion. So, yeah, moving on to our next game, a big NFC East showdown. Uh, we got Dallas coming into Philadelphia as three-point underdogs. Um, Gabby, I'll let you take us through this one again. What do you think? What do you think about this one? This one's a big one for both squads. Which side you on? Yeah, here I'm going to be on the Dallas plus three in a in a divisional matchup where Dallas uh, Zach Prescott is twenty and seven in division versus the NFC East opponents, obviously, and this Eagles secondary is not good. They're not able to keep up with any decent passing attack. And they Dallas Cowboys on the other hand, I finally find a way to unlock C D Lamb last as he went off last week for 12 catches and two touchdowns. So I like what the Cowboys are able to do. And on the Eagles side, they're finally they're having some injury bugs as Jalen Carter's gonna have to go in for an MRI on his back. And he was front runner for defensive rookie of the year. So as of now, that defensive line that looks so vaunted was not able to get was only able to get one sack on the commanders who are on a historic pace to allow the most sacks of all time. So I don't think the Eagles are being able to generate as much pressure as we might think. And I think the Cowboys are going to be able to dominate, at least from the offensive line to defensive line standpoint. So I like the Cowboys chances here. So. Give me the Cowboys money line, actually, and give me the Cowboys plus points. I don't blame you for that one. Um, before you didn't do it, Devin Witherspoon definitely in contention for that defensive player of the year as well. Just saying. Um, uh, but anyways, um, I'm taking Philadelphia minus three here. I kind of agree with a lot of what you said, Gabby, but the truth is, I just think Philadelphia, even with the injuries, is just too deep. They had too many playmakers, too many different ways they can get it done. They're more consistent on offense. And obviously Dallas has got a really stellar defense. But as a team, they've been pretty inconsistent this year. And even some of the bad teams have been able to score on them at times. So I, I'm i not super impressed by Dallas. They can really destroy some of the bad teams, but they really struggle against the good ones. Um, I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but I don't think Dallas has beat anybody that impressively uh, this year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Eagles are just – they're way more battle-tested, way ta- more talented almost in, in, across the board except for a few key defensive positions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just taking the Eagles. They're, I think, better coached. Nothing against Mike McCarthy. But um, I just think that the Eagles are better overall. They play better again. in they've played a few bigger teams. Um, and, yeah, I just took a gander at Dallas's schedule haven't beat anybody good and have destroyed some bad teams. So for me, that doesn't um, inspire any real confidence here playing against one of the best teams in the league, Philadelphia, Philadelphia at home, of course, as well. Um, So it only being three points, give me Philadelphia. Um, I like that one for sure. Awesome. So moving into our next game, the last one of the afternoon window and and actually one that we're uh, kind of breaking some news here on, um, not obviously first reporting, but um, Gabby, you may not may or may not have seen during our recording to this evening, um, Josh McDaniels was fired. I don't know if you saw that. Um, we're going to have Antonio Pierce, who is the linebackers coach, is going to be the interim head coach uh, for the rest of the season, it sounds like. Um, but yeah, Josh McDaniels fired. Kind of a weird time, a little bit surprised that it wouldn't have happened either earlier in the day or, I mean... I guess it wouldn't have happened yesterday probably, but um, yeah, I guess a little bit of weird timing, uh, but yeah, I think obviously he was going to get fired at some point. So I guess you just cut the cord there. Um, Definitely not sad to see him go from a performance perspective for the Raiders 
Uh, but of course, too bad that he lost his job. Um, but yeah, uh, that that one throws a wrench in this game. Uh, the Giants coming into Las Vegas, if I if I didn't say already, um, the Giants are two and a half point uh, underdogs in this one. Um, yeah, that definitely throws a wrench in it. Um, for me, I'm going to go with the Giants here. Um, I do believe Daniel Jones will be back. Um, I'll have to check on that. But um, either way, the Giants have a really solid defense. The Raiders have been playing well on defense in prime time, but the Giants have been playing really low-key good this this season. And they just want to run the ball anyways. So um, I think that the this game being going to be low scoring probably with the 37.5 point over-under um, kind of fits the Giants well. And I just don't think the Raiders um, right now are really capable of getting anything done offensively. Um, so the Giants plus points, uh, give me that. I think they're just kind of going in a slightly better trajectory. I think – They started out so poorly, it's only been up from there uh, for the Giants, but the Raiders have just been um, slowly getting worse somehow, even after starting pretty poorly. So um, with that bad news and the trajectory the teams are on and the Giants being the team getting the points, I'll be be taking them in what I think is going to be a low-scoring game. But Gabby, what's your thoughts on the Josh McDaniels firing? And uh, does that affect the game at all? And uh, which side are you on here? It does affect the game for me. And my thoughts are that it's a long time coming. Josh McDaniels has been one of the worst coaches in the NFL. I think it's time for them to have a fresh start. I think the national TV embarrassment of them having their quarter, shipping their quarterback away and picking one they can't throw the ball 25 yards down the field finally had the Davis, um, Mr. Davis want to just clean house so I think it was a good move by them and I think Antonio Pierce is going to be a jolt of energy in the short term so that's why I'm going to be on the Raiders here uh, minus two and it looks like the lines are going to be moving here a little bit but I'm still going to be on the Raiders because I think they're going to be able to win yeah they definitely is kind of oh go ahead sorry sorry just based off of the fact that they are going to have that jolt of energy from Antonio Pierce and I think Devontae Adams is going to have a bounce-back game. I think Pierce is going to simplify things from the offensive perspective. McDaniels, you have to remember, was the OC, and he's just going to call plays where he's just going to bring Devontae Adams into the room and he's going to say, what do you like and what, where can we use you into the best places? And I think Devontae Adams is going to have a bounce-back week. So I would like him, obviously like him in fantasy, but – I think he's a trade for candidate now that McDaniels is gone. That's what, how much of a difference I think the offense is going to be, at least from a scheme perspective. Um, I I I definitely I mean I think that could happen as far as the conversations with Devontae, but I don't think there's enough time to make any real wholesale changes this week. I think the offense looks the exact same basically that it's looked over. Uh, the rest of the season, I think there's a chance we get some simplified stuff, like you said. But, um, yeah, for me, I think the Raiders are still going to look poor on offense. And if they're smart, they'll focus on Devontae, which would be their smart game plan every week, but they somehow neglect to do that. Um, and I did check to, uh, Daniel Jones is expected to be the starter for the Giants on Sunday, uh, which makes me even more confident in the Giants here. I would be taking the money line here, honestly, with the Giants as underdogs. Um but yeah, I just don't. I think the Giants they they have one of the better defenses in the NFL right now, um, which is kind of crazy to say. But they've been playing really well. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau really breaking out this year, um, and I think Daniel Jones is going to be as good as Tyrod Taylor. I know he wasn't to begin the season, but I think um, having some time out could could help him. Um, and the Giants overall are looking better, which is going to be huge. There's not as much on Daniel Jones this uh, at this point in the season as there was at the beginning, and they're kind of playing a little bit more free, uh, not expected to really do anything this season. So, um, yeah, give me the Giants here, even with the classic head uh, head coach firing boost uh, following uh, the game, following a co- head coach getting fired. But, um, yeah, give me the Giants here. Uh, but, yeah, definitely interesting uh, with the firing of Josh McDaniels, um, how that's going to affect the game. But, yeah, as you said, Gabby, probably a long time coming. Um Anything else on that one before we move on, Gabby? 
No, I think we covered it. Awesome. Okay. Sunday night football. Replaying this game, which makes me – it just kind of feels weird, honestly, that they're replaying this game uh, so so soon. But we got Buffalo taking on Cincinnati uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, Buffalo, two-and-a-half-point underdogs um, on the road here. Um, Buffalo has looked vulnerable this season. I still think they're a good team, but they're they're kind of Seahawks tier for me. They're kind of just outside the true – uh, top contenders there now for me. They can beat anybody because of how good Josh Allen is, and their defense is really quality. Uh, but they've lost quite a few pieces on that defense that are key, um, players that make big plays. Um, and on offense, I just don't think they quite have the firepower to get it done unless Dalton Kincaid um, really just steps it up and goes out of this world, basically. Just don't think Gabe Davis is good enough. And Stephon Diggs is great. He's excellent, but he's not good enough to do it on his own, in my opinion. Um, so, and Cincinnati, I think, is just hitting their stride. Joe Burrow looked excellent last week against San Francisco, who um, is my Super Bowl favorite from the NFC still. Um, and they, they, Joe Burrow looked great. Um, so, yeah, I'm loving Cincinnati right now. I think they're really hitting their stride. I think they're a great team to be betting on right now. I think they win actually fairly handily against Buffalo. It's going to be a good game, but I think Cincinnati gets them by a touchdown um, and definitely covers that two and a half points um, in a game that's supposed to be pretty high scoring as well. 48 and a half point over under. So uh, give me Cincinnati minus two and a half, but Gabby, what do you think there? I like Cincinnati. Joe Burrow's finally looked back after the bye week. His calf looked good. He's been able to run around and get outside the pocket and actually, they called some QB design runs for him. And the Bills, on the other hand, they were my team that was fading at the beginning of the year. And they have looked vulnerable in every way possible. They just signed Leonard Fournette because the one thing they, ha- they haven't been able to do over the last three years, which is run the football. Surprise, surprise. They still aren't able to run the football effectively. So I like the Bengals here, minus two and a half. I think that's too small. I think if the Bengals had been playing the way they were, Throughout the obviously throughout the entire year, if Joe Burrow was healthy, this number would be bigger. So give me the Bengals. I think they're back to form. Yeah, I completely agree there. Uh, kind of sad. I think the Buck, uh, the Bills might have missed, uh, might have missed their window. To be honest, and you were saying that at the beginning of the season, Gabby. I'll give you that. I was not saying that at all. Uh, so that's a little bit of a surprise to me. But I do think that they may have missed that window. So that's a little bit of a bummer there. But, um. This would be a big statement win for Buffalo if they were able to pull it off in primetime on the road. Um, but again, I don't think they're able to do that. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, moving on to our final game of the week, we got the Chargers coming into New York to face the Jets. The Chargers are three-point favorites. Um, two teams that have beaten some good teams, lost to some bad teams type of thing, been kind of inconsistent. Um, 41.5 point over under um gabby what do you think on this one yeah i like the jets home dog the Chargers have not been a good football team throughout the entire year and this defense for the jets is going to be i think pretty good i I like the under here at 41 and a half i think it's gonna be a low scoring game the Chargers haven't been able to move the ball all that much. I think Herbert's going to have a couple turnovers. So I like the Jets here plus three. Yeah, I totally am with you. I think that I like the under as well. I'm on the Jets plus three. Give me the points. I just think that the de- the defense of the Jets is going to give the Chargers offense fits. Um, yeah, and I just think I think Zach Wilson is just good enough to get it done. I think these primetime games tend to at least feel like they tend to seem to be a little bit closer um, usually. And I think this is going to be one that's just that. I think the Chargers are expected to come in and 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 be a solid favorite, but they they haven't been consistent at all. And the Jets, they're a true Super Bowl contender if their quarterback play was better. Um, and obviously it hasn't, even with the uptick um, in Zach Wilson's play, it hasn't, hasn't quite been to that level. But J- the Jets' defense is just incredible right now. So I, I think that keeps them in the game and, at least gets them enough to cover, but I, I really think the Jets 
have enough to get the game one. So I actually kind of like the Jets money line here. I just don't, I don't believe in the Chargers at all right now. Um, sounds like you don't either, Gabby. So um, that's what I'm a little bit surprised that we're on the same side with. But um, I love that. I love the Jets there. Um, not a lock or anything, but I just think that they're a really good chance to win that one. And I think it's going to be a fun, interesting game. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on uh, that game or any of the other matchups uh, before we move on to our uh, best bet, Scabby? No, not, not at this time. All righty. Well, for our best bets, I'll let you uh, I'll let you lead us off there. Um, what are you thinking this week? So my best bets this week, I got a couple that I'm actually feeling really good about. These last couple of weeks, I've been feeling a little bit iffy, but now that I've got my mojo back, I'm feeling like these bets are going to be they're going to be real hits. So starting off with Cardinals plus eight, I really like that pick. No matter who the quarterback is, I think Clayton Tune or Kyler Murray, that he's a sneaky, he might be the starter. So if, even if he's back, I like him. Next, I like Cowboys at plus three. I really like that pick. I like the money line there. I think they're going to be able to win this game and flip the division. I actually think this is a time to bet them to win. If you can bet them to get the number one seed, this would be the time to do that because I don't think the Niners are going to be in contention for that pick. I think they're going to start losing too many games. So if you can get the Cowboys to win the number one seed, I think this is the time because I think they're going to win this game. And then my number three pick is actually the Jets. I think the Chargers are a little bit overrated, the offense is explosive, but they don't seem to be able to put that game. So I like the Jets on prime time. Yeah, I definitely don't endorse the uh, Dallas Cowboys part, including the game or the winning the division. But, you know, you got to shoot your shot. And it is true. If they win this game, their odds for winning the uh, conference or the division, um, if you're looking to bet on that, will go significantly down. So, um, or will go up, I guess. They'll be, um, they'll pay out less. Um but yeah, so uh, that's definitely a good shout. If you are interested in the Cowboys, if you're a believer, uh, for me, I got four uh, best bets I'm going to give you this week. Um, starting in number one, I got the Packers over the Rams by three. I just think there's no chance that Brett Rippon uh, gets it done this week. I think the loss of Matt Stafford is just too much. I think I just feel really confident in Green Bay at home there. Uh, number two is Baltimore over Seattle. I just think Baltimore is so good, and I just think Seattle is inconsistent. And I think uh, after a big win last week against Cleveland, I just don't think they, I just don't think they do it again this again this week on the road. Um, so Baltimore there, number three is Tampa Bay plus two and a half over Houston. Love this game at the money line. Just really think Tampa Bay is getting disrespected here, even on the road. Um, yeah, give me Tampa Bay. Love that this week. And then last but not least. Uh, or I guess technically, yeah, at least. But uh, number four, we got Indianapolis, minus two and a half over Carolina. Indianapolis, way better team than Vegas has given them credit for in this matchup. Carolina, way worse team than Vegas has given them credit for in this matchup. Um, so that's a recipe for a good pick um, for on Indianapolis there. So um, give me the Colts, minus two and a half in that one. Um, and then uh, – Moving on to our Survivor Picks segment here. Uh, this week, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, if you recall, I, I mentioned it's a really, really tough week this week. Um, and I do believe that. Uh, so for me, I'm kind of taking a few shots here. I think, if I'm being honest, my safest and most recommended pick is the Packers over the Rams. Um, obviously, I mentioned that as the best bet already, but um, I just feel so confident in this one, and I, I don't think you're going to get another chance that you're going to feel this confident in picking the Packers. So I think you take this and run with it and be happy. Uh, so give me the Packers over the Rams. Um, number two, Ravens over Seattle. Again, feel really confident in that one. That's another best bet that's in here. Uh, number three, Falcons over Vikings, though. Um, that one is not a best bet due to the line, but I do think that the Falcons are just significantly better than the Vikings without Kirk Cousins. Um, and I, I just think that there's – going to be no real shot for the Vikings to get the win here. So give me the Falcons. Um, and then the last one, 
Another one that's not on my best bets because the eight-point spread is just huge to me, but I really think the Browns are going to beat the Cardinals here. Don't care who the quarterback is for the Cardinals. If it's Clayton Toon, there's almost no way that – I mean, he's a rookie that is not highly touted, That unless he's just way better than I expect. He's not going to get the job done against the best defense uh, that the NFL has seen in, in quite a while in Cleveland. Um, and if it's Kyler Murray, it's going to be his first game in week coming off injury, so not going to be good enough to get the job done there either. So – Give me Cleveland over Arizona there. Um, yeah, uh, I think the only reason the spread's eight is just due to the, the lack of clarity on who the quarterbacks will be on each side. But um, definitely think the Browns' defense is basically single-handedly able to uh, carry them to a victory there. So we'll see. But yeah, anyways, Gabby, what are your survivor pool picks this week? I think the Saints this week is a really good one. They have probably haven't been used yet, so this would be the week I would use them. And then afterwards, I'd have to go with the Falcons and then the Browns. And then afterwards, it gets real funky because we're down to the point where you might not have a lot of these good options left, so those are probably going to be my my top three, and then I just go with which one of those three I have left. I can definitely uh, get down with that. I do. I will say though, I think it's pretty likely the Saints. Actually, you know what? I do think the Saints lose this week, so I'm just putting that out there. I think there's the Chicago figures out a way to get it done this week. That's kind of a hot take, um, for sure. But um, I would be staying away from that one. I think I think the Saints are more inconsistent than people are realizing, and I think Chicago is just a tad better than they um, are getting credit for. I think their matchup last week against Chicago, or, uh, not Chicago, they are Chicago against the Chargers uh, was just really a bad matchup for them um, in general. So I think they match up a lot better against the Saints. So uh, we'll see, though. That's definitely a long shot. Uh, so definitely don't blame anybody for taking the Saints there as a survivor pick. Not a bad choice at all. Uh, yeah, anyways, so that's going to conclude our regularly scheduled uh, programming. Gabby, is there any other final notes that you want to leave our listeners with? No, I don't have anything to add, Sam. All righty. Well, thanks for everyone. Uh, thanks to everyone who uh, listened. I hope you had a uh, great Halloween, and I hope I hope you're hitting your bets, and I hope uh, we give you we gave you some knowledge uh, to be able to hit some this week. I think there's some good money line opportunities out there this week, and some interesting matchups. Um, and yeah, I hope you all hope you all win money and uh, win your fantasy matchups. So we'll be back next week, uh, same time, same schedule. Um, and uh, yeah, best of luck to y'all, and catch you next week. <laughs>